Hello, everybody. This is Anna and Brian from Amata World Podcast. And today we have our next guest for the AI episode, Daniel, who is Chief Creative Officer at The Play Chain. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Hi, Anna. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited about this episode. It's going to be fun. Great. Okay. Can you tell a little bit more about yourself, your background, and a little bit more about Blackchain, maybe? Yes, most definitely. So I've been in games for around 13 years now. I think I have a 23 release titles and a little bit above 4 billion installs across them. And I'm currently managing four teams at Playchain with these are, these are all web-free games, so already a little bit in the future. But today we're going to talk about how AI is going to bring, bring us even further. So, yeah, just on that, like, how, what was your experience when you, say, first encountered AI? Like, how, why did you think that this is going to be, say, you know, the, the future of gaming? So uh, I think I had an opposite reaction of most people in this space. I had an artistic background, and a lot of people were scared about their jobs. I remember back when it originally started, people were like, no, we'll never take the creative jobs. And now we'd see it creating beautiful artwork and videos without any issue, right? But I still don't think it's going to take our jobs. I think it will enhance our jobs. It will make us more productive. And that is what I originally saw. I saw a, another tool in the tool belt to help us produce better games. And could you please tell a little bit more about some, give some examples to people who are listening so they can imagine how you're applying AI in your current projects. Yes, most definitely. So if you take one of the most common tools in game development, which is uh, Photoshop, they now have a, uh, a way of generating content on top of images. To, like, Let's say you have an image of a mountain range and you want to put a dragon in front of it. You can do that fairly simply. You just put in a prompt, say you want a dragon, then you're going to get a dragon. This is one of the ways that we apply it to the early stages of game development because it's very easy to get into it with for for anybody really. So you could even have your like, programmers and so on trying to like describe a scenario or mood, and it's much easier for them to to put it into a picture now, and we can uh, we can be more aligned when we go into the production itself. There's other ways as well that uh, where AI has been been pretty useful. There's some really strong tools currently for NPCs, for all the, the characters that you read in the game, so that they have a AI controlling the, um, the, what's it called, the conversation, which means that it will then store your answers from earlier, it'll learn about the players as they go, and in some cases, when it's like a multiplayer game, the AI will learn from one player and use that on another and so on, and it becomes really, really powerful. That's really interesting that you're using like a lot of these tools in the early part of the process. How have you found, like, sort of like, for example, the Adobe Generative Fill and all those other tools, like, what's your experience using them? Do you think there's still like a ways off? Uh... So uh, I've done a lot of research in, in AI for game development because I think it's super powerful and it's going to basically turn everybody into a one-man army. But what I've found it was the generative tools is that some of them are like if you take midjoining for example it's using all the images that can pretty much scrape off the internet which is not good because there's nobody gave the rights to the company to do this so i don't think that's the right way to do it morally it's a very very gray zone but the tools like photoshop for example they use their own materials and therefore we can use these in the games as well also found that some of the, the tools like Midjourney again is is more about realism. That's what they're going for. They're going for very realistic faces, very realistic rendering of like cars and so on. It does that beautifully. It doesn't do games too well yet, 
but it's still a, a very strong tool for getting ideas early on in the process. And what would you say was the most exciting development over the last year in AI? Um, I put up a post not long ago, which showcased the ability of um, Midjourney from version one to version 5.2, where we're at now. And basically a year ago, you could try and get a like render a cat kind of thing, and it just wouldn't even be able to tell it was a cat. Where now you will be very, like you will be in doubt if this is a real picture or if it's a uh, AI generated image. So I think that's very interesting, like the absolutely insane amount of detail, the realism that comes into the products that we get from here. The thing is also though that over the last year, it's not just imagery anymore. It's a lot of things we have gotten into for example, if you take Illumin, I believe it's called, Illumin 3D, which is a prompt that generates a full world, which is pretty exciting. You can run around that. That company is doing a lot of things with this. You have prompt to animation through GUI AI, for example, where basically you have a rig character. You start or you get into to the program and you put a prompt in, like drink coffee or something like that, and then you will get the animation there without actually having an animator for the job. And some of these tools do a really good job already. We also have, when it comes to like other parts of game development, for example, sounds and music, sound draw, loudly, soundful, all of these these tools can generate um, images, uh, sorry, uh, generate the music and sound. So we don't any longer have to, to actually... Um, go and record for example let's say you want to figure out what does it sound like inside a spaceship on the moon when i don't know a cop hits the floor or something <laughs> we can actually generate that and we don't have to try and like imagine what it would be like and we most definitely do not have to spend the billions of dollars to go there and do it so i think that's pretty exciting as well ah that's that's really interesting like there's so many different tools out there for using ai and so you mentioned like adobe has their own data set that they're training on then they have like explicit permission to use all of that what about all these other tools that you mentioned do they have the same sort of i guess ethical framework behind it so i think right now we are in the exploration phase not everybody has the the, the data sets yet that they should have I think the law is catching up slightly. So we'll see when these lawsuits go through and we'll see what actually happens. As far as I can tell so far, the judges are not too... You shouldn't get too excited about them banning this content. There's been some stuff about it being in public space and so on. So if you're already releasing it, you should expect it to get shared. And there's been some some talks about how uh, like these... The end results do not look similar enough to the to the scraped material, so it also might not go through. So there's there's a few reasons they might not succeed with these lawsuits, but on the other side, they might also get through with it, and then we're going to see much purer data sets of content we can actually use. There, there's the element of, for example, Steam has uh, released not long ago. Some people interpret it slightly wrong, but it, what the headlines basically say in the news is that they won't allow AI in their games. This is not correct. What the, what it actually says is you need to own license to the content that you put in the games. So that is also a thing like, for example, you can't use Midjourney for, for your content for a Steam game because that is not content you own. The original data set is not owned by Midjourney and therefore you can't use them. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really interesting elements to this. I think I want to go back to sort of how AI is being used in the 
I guess, the game development process. How have you found people like adopting these tools? Was it sort of easy for them to kind of integrate it to their workflow? Because I know you use it for sort of concepting in the early phases. Talk us through how, you know, your company was adopted this process. Was it a smooth transition or? So what I, like my whole goal has always been with AI to empower the employees and make sure that they can do like a better output, have more choices, and basically just get better products in the end. And also another element of the game industry is that we always get new like technology all the time. Every single year we have software changing. We have updates that just completely revolutionize different parts of the the industry. So they're used to new tools. Learning the AI tools is really simple. There's, there's not much to it. Basically, if you want to make a dragon in front of a castle, you're right, make a dragon in front of a castle. It's not, it's not rocket science. There's definitely some depth to it. It's easy to get into. It's really hard to master. But it's been easy for the team to get onto it. They're using it a lot for, for like early stage things, right? So it's not content that actually goes in the game, but it's all about the brainstorming. It's all about finding moods having like early ideas for different things. It's been super, super useful. Then we also, in the prototyping process, it's been incredibly powerful to get things up and running faster. For example, I don't know if you've seen this, but ChatGPT has a plugin for for Unity, which is basically prompting in in the game where you can use it for things like create... 200 of this object in a grid or you can get it to generate some some textures of whatever type you need everything just gets sped sped up quite a bit the end result is still slightly messy but for the prototype stage it's really really strong and for example if you're just starting in like in game industry it probably would help you if you have some ai assistance so maybe you can actually give some advice for people who are just starting in this area what they should use or how they can go about that yes most definitely i think though that right now there's so many tools out there and they're all evolving and some are overtaking others like every single day i think we get like 20 new tools to to test out and play with so i think it's not necessarily about to use today it's about making sure you stay on top of the new technology it's been one of my main things as well going through this career is to make sure you always stay on top of the technology coming out and sometimes you got to kill your darlings you might have been like in love with this one program for two three four years but something better just came out and you have to use it so it's very important that you you just stay on top of this in regards to what tools to use i think you should try and stick to the ones that go with the native game development tools right so there's AI in Unity. It's called Unity Census. You can sign up for the beta right now. There is AI in Photoshop. Start using some of these that are already in an interface you're used to, so it makes it simpler for you. You don't have to add extra programs. I think that would be the best idea. But there's also an element here, which is we shouldn't automate everything. We cannot let AI build games because it's going to be super, super generic. So what has to happen is that you have to, no matter what industry you're in, if you are using or doing UI, UX, if you're doing 3D, you're a programmer, or you're doing game design, it's about having the foundation, like a really solid foundation, so that you can use AI to empower it and not just try and automate everything from the start because the results are not going to be great. I actually want to go a little bit talk a little bit more about the AI worries because I'm 
part-time working in like in the film industry. And today I've seen that Netflix started looking for AI specialists and actors is actually, they're not <laughs> really happy about that because I've been scanned as well, like on the green screen and because like I'm a part-time actor. So what do you think? Is the problem here that it's a problem with tech or it's a problem with AI and IP, the, the law and copyright protection that's still not up to date because tech is pretty far, went pretty far ahead compared to the, uh, the, the IP and copyright laws? Oh, most definitely. The, the law is not up to date on it yet. That's most definitely a thing. Like it's, it's behind. We need to figure out what to do about this. There's also another element to this, which is we can't stop it. As long as it's as long as it's released, it's going to be there forever. And we know that people are going to pirate movies. They're going to do all these kind of things, even if it's illegal. So they're going to use it. Obviously, big studio can't use AI if it's against the law. That won't happen. But it's still going to be made in, in many ways. We right now have the ability to create, let's say, Lord of the Rings with Teletubbies instead uh, at a few clicks. So... I'm not sure that we actually get to reel this back as it's going to evolve really, really, really fast. It has been over the last few months. It's just been an insane amount of new tools and the way this is going. I think that in regards to the, the law, we need to figure out, first off, people have to sell their identity or their face or whatever it is for people to be allowed to use this content, but we have to limit it a lot. I don't know if you saw the... Uh, what is it called again? The Black Mirror episode, where the, basically everything goes wrong. What the the base here is that celebrity sells their AI looks, and then everything goes wrong because they're using it in ways that you really don't want them to. So yeah, I think we need to to figure out how we do this, and people have to be smart about what parts they sell. And I understand that the actors don't actually want this. So if you just don't sell your visual identity, I think you will be you'll be fine. Yeah, I think it's just like some time ago, we had a quick discussion with Metaphysic AI and their CEO, he actually tried to apply to use copyright for AI likeness protection. So maybe that would be a way to go. So if you, if you don't want to be used in certain scenes, you can actually tell maybe there is some kind of like smart contract between the production and... but. I know a little bit more in the film industry, but I'm actually curious how different in game industry and the artists, do they feel, for example, for game development, we sure have some artists who will create some assets. Do you think they, they have some worries about the AI development and IP protection or like some styles they created? Um, tell a little bit more about that. Yes, most definitely. So... I think 95% of the artists in the game industry are very much against AI. If you look at, for example, ArtStation, which is a massive portfolio website, you will see that people put these no AI banners on and just like go hard against it. I did a post showcasing what was possible with Midjourney not long ago. I got a few death threats and so on. I think there's a lot of people in the in the industry who is a little bit desperate at the moment they could have lost the jobs in the in the recent downturns there could have been a million reasons for them to be let go it's very common to also switch out teams in this industry but i have a feeling that 
they're going to try and put the blame on something. And AI right now is a really good target for that. I understand that it is also in some cases, the this is actually what happened, which then gives them 100% the right to, to be upset about it. But in general, I think that AI is taking jobs. It is empowering. And we need to kind of revolutionize the way we make games. I think the teams are going to get smaller. It's going to be more condensed. But also, there's ways to protect yourself as an artist I've seen. there's You can do these imprints on your images before you upload them. That makes them unreadable for, for AI. So at least the content that comes out is, is like terrible. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of interesting things here. Going forward, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be able to also basically just opt in and out of AI databases with our with our content. And I think that OpenAI has an interesting approach to some of this. Also, MidJourney, they wanted to basically do like a profit share of images used in their data sets. The issue is that it's obviously not there right now, and it could be a while. We don't know if this is just something they're saying to, to hold off the artists or what it is, whatever it might be. But obviously, we should we should definitely get into this with uh, data sets that we are allowed to use, and people should opt into getting their content used, right? So, yeah. And uh, for example, for the you mentioned that is actually a pretty good example. If you will upload the image, which is how how did you say it's you you're putting some like watermark or something? Yeah, I believe yeah. it's for a watermark. Yeah. yeah. So those tips might be really useful for people who are really worried because I don't want to be so that here's AI and we should just start panicking. No, we just need to figure out the way how to use it for our advantage. Exactly. So maybe we can just like give more tips to people who are worried about that. Mm -hmm. They're just like for the game industry at least where they can start. What should they do? I know we discussed a little bit kind of for the game development, maybe for artists as well, you can hear some bits. Hey, I, okay, so yeah, there's definitely a few things there. The, one of the issues is that the images already scrape, right? So we can't put on top of something they're already taken um, because they have the original images. But going forward, I think that you should also understand that when AI uses images, generates new images, and then those new images are also used in the engine to generate going forward, it sort of gets worse again because the original images have a lot more like edge and sharpness, and then the AI sort of uh, destroys itself by picking up AI-generated images. So that's that's pretty interesting. In regards to what you otherwise can do as, as a student and so on, or new in the industry, I think it's important in general just to make sure that you share what you're comfortable with sharing, right? If you have something you think is completely unique and you know the world will steal this, then you shouldn't put it on the internet because it will happen either way. Uh, a lot of people have an argument in regards to, uh, to this, which is basically if you upload it to a public place and somebody can download it as a JPEG, then it's the same thing. It's not quite the same thing. But I think there's definitely something to it. If you don't want people to take pictures of you, don't go in public kind of thing. Obviously, this is not the solution, but it is right now one of the only things that you can uh, you can do in regards to not getting your images uh, scraped off the internet. I just want to switch tack a little bit and maybe focus on some of like how AI could change the game-making process for, say, small teams, particularly indies. 
who are always you know, strapped for any kind of resource, really. So like, how does the future look like for them? Do you think AI is, how will AI really change the face of indie game development? I've, uh, I've worked on a bunch of Snapchat titles uh, earlier. We were tiny teams, two programmers and me, and in some cases, one programmer and me doing a game every six weeks. That would have been incredibly beneficial by then to, to have these tools to power, to like sort of empower me to get some more choices done doing this, this execution, because I was in a position where I might have a choice between one or two free options at times for different elements, for like UI, for different free assets and so on. Having AI to power it up would have been amazing to just get like the like at least double the uh, the output weight. So we had more choices. We would have gotten a, a product we were more happy with. I think that would have been beautiful. In regards to what AI el- or what else AI can, can help with for like indie teams, one of the things that indie teams in general is, is missing is the whole communication, marketing, the business development side of things. And ChatGPT, for example, is incredibly great at making marketing content. It can do pitch decks better than humans can. I think the rate was actually like was 40 to 70% better pitch deck response from AI than human-made pitch decks, which is was great when you're out looking for like publishers and so on. It's, it's good to have something that stands out. We can also use AI, like if you, if you look at it, NVIDIA, for example, they've come up with some absolutely amazing tools lately. You can generate a full edible world, not edible, edible world in Unreal Engine with physics and sound. They have a demo where they're driving through a world in a, I believe it's like a pickup truck, electric pickup truck, and it generates the physics for the for the car, it generates the full world in, in, in triple A quality. It generates the sound when you go through the water and it, gener- it generates the physics for the water, right? So it's just doing a lot of things here, which is like quite amazing. But not only that, you can also start editing this world. So you can go in and you can move things around. So it's a, it's a full-fledged game scene. It's not like, like it's flattened together or anything like that. Really, really nice. And if you have something like this for an indie team, which is basically a prompt to create a game world, then you can have much, much stronger art team, which is very, very interesting. You can get really far really quick. And I think that's one of the things that's holding the most indie teams back is that if they start a production, they have to go through with it. And it takes a really long time before you can actually start testing and seeing if you're getting the results you want. And this is funds out the window. Now they can do it in like a week or two and they can get really far and actually test their their ideas out. I think this is going to be a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, that whole part, the the feedback process is always, the feedback loop is especially long in the game development process, I feel like, you know, there are games that stay in alpha beta stages for years, like before they, you know, be officially stamped with, you know, the (laughs) 1.0. Exactly, early release. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, next early release and then after that, yeah. How about like uh, on the other side where, you know, having sort of more, I guess, lifelike entities within the games themselves. Do you think that's going to play a big part in sort of future games so making, having more realistic and like, I guess, human NPC? If you take uh, some of like Bethesda's games, for example, like Fallout or Skyrim, they're super lore-heavy. They're all about the interactions with 
the world, the characters. You talk to one character that sends you like somewhere and you meet them again later and you have like these talks. When it's made already, when it's pre-made story, every time you open up the chat dialogue, it's the same thing kind of thing, then it's going to be so, so powerful to actually switch it out with with AI, which will get a new response based on what you've been doing, based on like the rumors of the world, what the other NFTs, NPCs know, and, and so on. Just making sure that you can basically ask them anything as well. So you can ask them, how's your day? Like, how's your family? And they will actually know like these things going on, right? So it's going to be super interactive and really, really interesting. I saw there was somebody who already did this with ChatGPT in, in Skyrim. I haven't tried it out yet, but I think I will have to because that just sounds too interesting. It would be really cool to see a world come to life like that. And the chat GPT is in some cases passing the Turing test, which means that we can't tell if it's human or not, which means these NPCs is going to be very, very, very cool. So yeah, that makes me super excited. Do you have any hopes and predictions for the future of AI in creative industry and game development as well? I think my main hope is we solve these legal issues sometime soon, hopefully within the next six months, and then we can actually start getting to work on what can we use it for, how is it going to benefit us, and we can figure out like what what is what, what does the future look like with AI? Because right now, ninety percent of the discussions when it comes to, for example, with the art and game development, is all about like how it, it's not right and. And, and so on. So I hope that we can get over this sometime soon in a nice way where everybody's happy. No, I think that's, I feel like is a good place to probably end the podcast. So I'd like to leave the last few minutes at the end just for, you know, any last words to our listeners or, you know, share a bit with our listeners, like how can they find out more about the work you do and how can they get in touch, things like that. Yeah, sounds good. Just, just quickly though, I just want to, mentioned because AI in some cases has a bad stigma, but I think that if we use it right, we can get really cool adaptive gameplay. We can enhance the player experience. We get much more realistic non-player characteristics. We can do procedural content generation and we'll have much more intelligent game balancing and testing. So overall, I think AI is definitely pushing us in the right direction. We just need to solve some of these hurdles that we have in front of us. So, yeah, thank you very much for, for having me here today. I'm Daniel, and you can check me out on LinkedIn. You will see that I'm posting some things about game dev and, and AI once in a while, and uh, I hope that you'll, uh, you'll follow and have a look. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.